Hey everybody, on this week's edition of Guy Talking Sports, we're going to get into the SEC games that are being postponed this weekend because of COVID-related issues. Um, the NFL, um, who's going to get the first pick and, and who gets the first pick? Will the Jets, Giants, and Cowboys jettison their top QB? And the NBA, is anybody really checking for the draft? <laughs> that and a little bit more on this week of Guy Talking Sports. Hey everybody, and welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports, where it's usually three of us, but tonight it's only going to be two, uh, while our man um, Big Ace is not going to be on the call this evening. Uh, but as always, we're talking sports, talking shit, and anything else in between. Um, it's been a very warm November <laughs> thus far, but as always, a lot of stuff going on in sports. So before I get started, I want to say what's up to my co-host, Al. How you been doing, man? Uh the weather has been very warm. Um, a lot of, eh, I'll just put it like this. Right now, everything is okay. It is what it is right now. Bottom line. Yes, unseasonably warm weather. I've been wearing short sleeve shirts the last few days in the middle of November with 72, 73, 74 degree weather. Just doesn't feel right. But No, not at <laughs> all. Not at this time. No, not at all. It doesn't feel right, but... Uh, it's going to be kind of cooling off, you know, next couple of days, but we'll see what happens. But yep. we're going to get right into it. So college football, we all knew that, you know, at first was going to start, it's not going to start. Then SEC, ACC, and um, Big 12 said, well, we're going to start right on time or at least right around the month of September. The hell with anything with COVID-related cases. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, they didn't really say that, but that's the... That's the impression they gave. They said that we don't need students on campus. We just need the football players on campus so we can have that bubble. Well, they'll be more safer on campus. And guess what? <laughs> guess what? Not after the big dog, Trevor Lawrence, caught COVID. Now we have four games out of the SEC that have been postponed. Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Tennessee, and Georgia, and Missouri Games have all been postponed after COVID-19 tests that have left rosters depleted of available players. And you guys said it was more safe for them on campus than off campus. <clears throat> Nick Saban, um, <clears throat> guy from LSU, coach from LSU. So, oh, and let's not forget Ohio State and Maryland have also been postponed because of contact tracing of some players. Um, are not available. So after the SEC commissioner said he has been shaken, but not deterred after a week like never because your top teams are not playing have been postponed, throwing in jeopardy the SEC championship game and the season. Well, not the season they're still going to play, but the SEC championship game is threatened, which means the college football playoff could be pushed and or threatened. But Outside of all that, Al, what is your <laughs> thoughts and opinions about what's going on with the SEC? Because it's hot out there right now, and I'm not talking about heat. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very hot. <laughs> um, I, and I don't mean to laugh in that regard. It's just the fact that at the end of the day, um, we're still talking about the players' health. And unfortunately, at this stage, like you said, it's shaking, but not stir- it's not, not canceled. Um, I don't see the SEC at this point, even with the way things are right now, 
they, it's on shaky ground, but I don't think that they're going to just up and just cancel the season. I think that some way, shape, or form, they're just going to delay the inevitable and then try it again. Um, I, I think they're just going to push it back. I don't see them canceling it. Um, to be honest, I don't see them actually doing anything really about it instead of just postponing it at this stage. Um, I think that with so much talk with SEC being the powerhouse that it is, I really, ACC, like with the SEC and the ACC being the way they are, um, I could see more so the ACC taking more measures than the SEC. I think the SEC at this stage is just going to pause it um, and then try to, and then try again, um, which is going to be unfortunate um, because you're going to put more people at risk. But at the end of the day, I just don't see, I see it where right now the SEC cares more about the money aspect than the players' health. Bottom line. I'm right with you there. When I first thought about it, you know, that's where I was kind of snickering because, you know, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 both said, no, nah, we're going to cancel the season. You know, Ivy League canceled the season first and everybody laughed at them and said, you guys are just being, you know, overly cautious, overly protective. And then guess what happens? I think we all kind of eventually felt like we didn't want anybody to get sick unless now we're not happy for anybody who has caught the virus or it may have any complications from it. But I think mm-hmm. we all knew this was a risk whether you had students on campus or whether you had no students on campus and just the college football guys, even a limited amount, you know, you might be able to control to a certain degree what your football players are doing, but not a hundred percent because you don't know who they're coming in contact with. And those people who are to come in contact with, you don't know where they've been. Um, so to me, I think we all knew that this was a risk that could happen. And we're now we're seeing the end results, um, but not with you. They'll postpone games at this particular point. You got your neck out there halfway through the season. They're going to push through it. Um, They've been very staunch about having a season, you know, and try to safeguard the place as much as possible. But it was all about getting the season. It was all about the money. They had to do it. So they're going to push through it. They're going to postpone it. I think they built in contingencies where the playoffs or the bowl games, they could block in an extra week or two if they had to, you know, push the SEC game back a little bit farther to kind of, you know, fit in those postponed games. But I'm with you, man. These, you know, some people are going to be like, I told you so. SEC is going to be like, yeah, well, their hope and pray <laughs> is that this is not running rampant through all the SEC schools because if you're getting postponement games here and there, how do you effectively finish the season and get your – playoff in your bowl games then by the time you hit new year's eve or maybe even mid-january because at that particular point now you're right you know smack dab in the nfl playoff season and they want to have their stuff wrapped up before the nfl playoffs get really rolling like how they normally do because everything is done by the end of december yeah no i completely agree um and like you said this is just at this point it's not with the ACC, with the SEC and college football in general, I, they tried. Um, it was basically them saying, you know, what, we're going to try and see what happens. Now, the problem is, like you said, is that you're putting your, your students at risk. You're putting your people at risk. And, you know, I get that some of the players, you know, this is more about their livelihood because it could get them 
scouts to look at them. You know, it just gives them that extra cushion for those who are trying to make the jump into the NFL. But at the end of the day, it's still your health that's important. You can't make the NFL if you're having issues with dealing with this, if your health is not up to par. So it's it's unfortunate. Um, but like I said, I just don't see the SEC at this stage being that type of I never, to be honest, I never really saw the SEC conference being that player that caters more to their players, the student athletes, than the games itself. Yeah, and um, you know, you know, these are big slate of games that you know even networks were looking forward to. I mean, Alabama and LSU doesn't have the same umph because LSU is really on a on a down year. I mean, they're basically mm-hmm. rebuilding and <laughs> not reloading. Yeah. Um, Texas A&M and Tennessee would have been a pretty eh, okay game. Georgia, Missouri, but really um, Ohio State, and we're switching from the SEC to the Big Ten, Ohio State and Maryland, that game has been postponed. And, you know, Maryland has been looking pretty good with um, Tua Tungvaloa's, um, you know, kid brother as a quarterback. And um, I think he left Alabama and went to Maryland, if I'm not not mistaken. Um, I, I believe you're right. Yeah. Right. So he left. So now he's there, and he's and he's been doing pretty good. I watched one game of him, and I have to say he he looked like he. I'm not saying he's the real deal, but he's definitely showing some promise out there. And he's got Maryland playing really good, and in Ohio State, of course, they're undefeated. So, I mean, um, this thing is real, and you know, it's at this particular point, you you ran with the season, you rolled the dice. It's almost like now you got it. You have to finish it out no matter what. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm more curious to see. I mean, of course, I, I agree you have to finish it out. But I'm wondering if the players are like now you have an extra amount, a certain amount of, of footage um, that should at least put me over where scouts are looking at NFL players. So if I'm a college player, and I feel as though that my draft is solidified, my stock is solidified. The question is, do I continue at the risk of being, you know, at the risk of my health being in jeopardy? So that should be something that, to be honest, um, student athletes should be considering, especially those that have a high or at least stock in the NFL draft. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen it before, you know, you know, pre-COVID with, you know, players getting injured. I mean, you look, you know, Nick Bosa. I mean, he got hurt, you know. He was he could have came back midseason and played, but he's like, nah, my my draft stock is high. You know, I'm not gonna risk it. And look what happened. He went what third in the draft? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Chase Young, you know, l- last year did it. You know, he he kind of stepped out a little late, you know, earlier than he wanted to, but it, it would not surprise me if you see a lot more players, depending on where the draft stock is. If you're projected to go in that first round or at least in that first half of the first round. Um, then you're looking good. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he got COVID. Could he really figuratively sit out? He could. Yeah, I mean, I mean right. J- Justin, Justin Fields, he could, um, but I think you would probably want to stay in because then there's going to be like that Dwayne Haskin issues where you only really have one year starting. He will have two years underneath his belt. So, I think that'll probably be more beneficial to him. But heck, could he call midseason and be like, you know what? After this game, I'm out. He very well could. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm very curious to see if some players would do that or make it official um, to start that trend because all accounts purposes, what's the reason of continuing at this stage? Especially, I mean, maybe it's a, let me take that back. Maybe it is out of loyalty to your teammate, but outside of that, is your draft and stock more important than actually the loyalty of your teammates at this stage? So it'd be interesting to see how they do it if, if someone does it. Um, I'm very curious to see because, to be honest, it's, not a, it's a win-win situation, at least in my book. Season skip, you know, skip the season, you know, and want to focus on the draft. And we see some players a little earlier, but big names that c- come out. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised after this, you know, after this week or two, some people be like, you know what? I'm, I'm projected to go in the first round, projected to go within the first 10 to 15 picks. If I finish the season, is that going to hurt my draft stock? Maybe not, you know. Why not? But yeah. I also feel funny for Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields after they were so vocal <laughs> before yes. the season to start football and then to get their midseason and be like, you know what, I'm not playing, you know. Then they're going to be looking like, well, you guys are much very vocal about when the season started. Some people would attribute it, you know, the season going forward because you guys were very vocal and people went out to the Big Ten offices and put up posters and then now you have your two projected one or two picks say, no, nah, I'm not playing, then you're going to be looking at them like, okay. <laughs> Hypocrite. I mean, um, but <laughs> no, but it, 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 I agree with you. It's, I, that's why I'm saying like, I, 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 I'm very curious to see if someone will step out and take that, that leap. Um, because I have a feeling that once someone does that and if done correctly, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if others follow. But it, it, we will see. We will see. Um, at the end of the day, SEC is still going to focus on trying to do their best to finish out this season, pray that they finish out this season and finish out strong um, to the point where this would be sort of like a hiccup. But right now it is not. And they should be worried. They should be very worried about this. Yes. Well, uh, this week is definitely going to be interesting for, you know, a variety of reasons. Some big games not being played, some games going on. So as the season goes on, um, we'll pray for everyone's health health and safety. But it's going to be very interesting how the season is going to progress. Um, like I said, not talking NBA because they were in a bubble, but, you know, baseball pushed through it. Um, football is pushing through it. Mm-hmm. So they're going to push through it as well. So yeah, yeah, I think that with with the NFL and um, Major League Baseball going through it, I think that was like okay. If yeah, I agree. I, it's like if they can do it, then we should be able to do it with no problem as well. Problem is, of course, I think they're following more of the NFL model, um, but um, there are some hiccups there. You're still talking about um, kids that are still in college, so take that with a grain of salt. Yep. So switching gears here a little bit since we were talking about football, um, as you know, is is right up on midseason. So we always know there's going to be some teams that are going to be looking at the playoffs and some teams that are going to be preparing for next year's draft. Um, so the prize catches in this draft quarterback wise is Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Some people have Trevor Lawrence, you know, 1A. Some people have Justin mm-hmm. Fields, 1B. We'll see how things progress over the years. But obviously the Giants, the Jets, who have to, haven't won a game yet, so they'll probably wind up with the number one pick. 
and maybe even the Cowboys might have a chance um, at one of those top two picks. So in your opinion, do you think, um, do you agree with the Giants or the Jets if they were to have those one or two picks? Should they um, jettison their current QBs and um, go for one of those two or should they stay put? Um, wow. <laughs> Between the Jets and Giants? Mm. And we'll get to the Cowboys after that. Uh, okay. Um, all right. Let's just, let's just start off. All jokes aside, um, I can't even blame Sam Donald on the Jets for this. Uh, I can't. As much as I would like to, he doesn't get this full blame. He, he may get a little bit, but not all of it. Um, that goes to management. It goes to head coach, of course. That goes for them not prepping an offensive line to block to save their life. Um, I think that overall, it was just bad management. And it's funny because I was saying this to um, our friend Shot. Like, when he was saying, he was like, it looks like the Jets was going to pull this one off. I was like, ah, yeah. Jets find always something to mess it up. And sure enough, they did um, this last game. And they were so close to win. Um, overall, I think that even if they get the number one pick, it's not going to help them until they solidify that O-line. Um, it's not going to help them at all. Their O-line needs to be, I mean, to be honest, it's a, a couple of things, O-line, defense. But overall, the management needs to be addressed. That's really what the key is. Whoever they pick at number one is not going to help them if the management is still there um, derailing the team. A lot of people left. A lot of good players that they did, obviously, they traded earlier on this season in the midst of their fire sale, quote unquote, to, um, to get to this point where they're still 0-9. I believe that they will get one win. I don't know where, but I believe they'll get at least one win, but it still won't be enough. I think the Jets are still going to be the number one team um, in the draft. Um, to be honest, I, as much as I don't even see the Giants being number two. I, like you said, I, I, to be honest, I see Cowboys at this stage being the number two or in that running of the number two out of the NFC. They will have the lowest record, the worst record in the NFC East. I, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Um, even though Washington Giants and Dallas both share the same or, or close to the same record. Um, NFC East is just, a, just an abomination. Uh, but I digress. Um, I think that in regards to the fact that Jets is still going to have the worst, it's going to be the worst team in the NFL. Um, but I still believe that, to be honest, I really believe that they really just need to solidify the rest of the team and not focus on the quarterback. Because even if they get in Trevor Lawrence, it's not going to help if the rest of their team is not up to par as a team. So I think that they may have to make some changes to upgrade, do a lot of upgrades. So um, it's up to management to do it. We'll see what management does. Bottom line. Yeah, I'm with you. I think um, I think the um, I think the the Jets and the Giants. I think if they were to wind up with you know with one of those first two picks, then yeah, I can definitely see them pulling the trigger on Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones. I mean, uh, Daniel Jones has has a turnover problem. Um, I think right now he's he's you know I think right now it's just going to be. Um, kind of audition <laughs> if he's going to stick around for Daniel Jones. Cause I think they like him, but I don't think they love him as far as a franchise quarterback. I think 
Sam Darnold, you've seen enough where he's a decent quarterback, but I don't think if you have an opportunity to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, then I think you do that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know if the Giants are going to wind up with one of the first two picks. I can see them being within like the top five. Yeah. I think they have a pretty um, – they've actually haven't been playing bad. They've been pretty competitive over the last couple of games. So, um, for my instinct, somebody is going to get the two pick. Maybe it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe the Dallas Cowboys. If the Dallas Cowboys get the number two pick. That would woo! Be with all that the contracts be. that they've been going on with Dak Prescott, I think they would highly consider – Justin Fields. Uh, I don't know. I don't they know. They may about not pull that. the trigger, but I look, Jerry Jones is is business. Um True. you could franchise tag Dak Prescott one more year and then trade him. There might be some takers, but I guess Jerry Jones is looking at it this way. He had a gruesome ankle injury. You won't really know how Dak Prescott will really would be until not next year, but probably 2022 season, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like a full year playing before you really know if he's really 100% back or not. So I don't know. It's If it was to wind up with a number one spot, um, and that's a big if, Yeah. then yeah, I, they would take Trevor Lawrence. I think, you know, that's you can't pass up on that. And I feel bad for Dak Prescott, but it's a business. But if it's two, I don't know. They may... Jerry, you might consider it. But then the question becomes now, it, well, okay. So you're saying that if the Cowboys were number two, then they would consider a QB. I, they should. I think they would. I don't know if Jerry Jones would pull the trigger. Um, it depends on how he feels about one of those two quarterbacks. Um but you look at it this way. It's it's a situation of you got Dak Prescott, you got another franchise tag after next year. You either A, going to sign him to a long-term deal, or B, he can walk away from the Dallas Cowboys and you will have nothing. So if they were to get that number one or number two spot, you could kind of take, hypothetically speaking, number one, you could take Trevor Lawrence. You can kind of franchise tag Dak Prescott and then trade him and get some picks for it. Or if you're going to stick with Dak Prescott and you get one of those top three or five picks, you trade down because you need help on your defense and only going to get defense. You're going to get picks. So they're in a very interesting situation at the moment. We'll see how it turns out when it's, when they finish the season. I'm with you. I think the Jets are probably going to wind up the first round pick. The Giants, I think might wind up in the top five. I think they might have another win or two win them based on their schedule. True, true. Uh, but I agree with you in regards to like with Justin Fields. I to be honest, I if they if the Cowboys do get that number two, uh, but Jacksonville is still there. So and I see if Jacksonville is at that number two, they would probably easily get Justin Fields with no question. Yeah. So, um, but it's <laughs> right now it's just a mess all around. Um. Between the Jets and the Giants alone, that's another story itself. The NFC East is another story itself, too. And I continue to say it. The NFC East is going to be a position where I could see one team winning the NFC East with a 
with a not an even record, but uh, I'm thinking like seven. Seven eight. games might do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, that's where I'm at right now. Um, and right now, Eagles is <laughs> is that sitting at the top with a three and four and one record. It's it's, it's crazy. And and that's a very suspect record because I mean I mean let, let, to be perfectly honest, they should have lost against the Giants. <laughs> yes, that is true. I mean, and all of them were close games, no matter what. Um, like you said before, um, it wasn't like they was it was blowout wins. They were all close games. So a, a win here or there could have easily make changes the way things are right now. Like to be I honest, think, that. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, yeah, I really think uh, seven seven games could 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 lock up this division. Eight definitely, but I think it is a, the winner of this division is probably going to have eight games at at best. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Um, and it's, it's weird because, like, with so much that's going on and so many teams out there is doing very well, um, not just in the NFC, but the NFL as a whole, um, there's going to be some competition fighting for those playoff spots without question. And even some of the teams with winning records may not make it into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, like you said, the uh, <laughs> the NFC East, somebody's going to make the playoffs and it's not going to have a – a winning record um, per se. So let me ask you a question though. Let me ask you a question though. Cause we talk about all this, like with the NBA, for example, about them, instead of doing the Western and Eastern, uh, the Western and Eastern conference, um, having a 16 team playoff system. Um, do you think that the NFL down the road would actually even think about that based off of this record here, like based off of the NFC um, East record to say, you know what, let's just take the, 16 best or you know like the 16 best teams in the nfl and just put them in a um on a play in a you know in a tournament and see who wins that no i don't think they should because you know you know every couple of years you're always going to have bad teams in the in the in the um in the league every year so it's going to be about four or five really bad teams um but every so every couple of years, you just have one division that's just really, really bad. <laughs> and this is not like a yeah, this this is like an outlier season. I think you had Dak Prescott go out, you know, hurt. I think if he was still there, I think they would probably be in the league of the division. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, their offensive line has just been decimated. Um, the Giants are in a rebuild mode. The Redskins are in a rebuild mode. Um, you had Saquon Barkley go out, but the offensive line for the Giants at the beginning of the season was just trash. It's less trash right now. <laughs> it's actually slightly improved, but I think you kind of had two teams in the NFC East that were really in a rebuild mode. And then you had the Cowboys and the Redskins, but then you had a rash of injuries that made them look like they were in a rebuild mode. So you wound up with four teams. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's just bad. So no... I think you should keep it as is because these are outliers. Um, but, you know, only way I would say expand the playoffs if you were to expand more teams in, in the league overall. Uh, that's an interesting theory. Um, that way, not too many teams would get, um, like, a bye, so to speak. Everybody would play an average round. Um, who would be, you know, be that one team with the – 
seven and eight, seven win team that could beat the number one team. So um, it is possible. Anything is possible. So but I was just kidding because you know I can see explaining like teams that may not make it. Let's say for example the Rams right now is five and three, but they won't be able to make it because the three and the seven and eight Philadelphia Eagles made the team, but they had a, a better record than the Eagles, but they have to make the playoffs and they can't. So that's why I, I could hear LA fans screaming bloody murder about it. Yeah, and this happens all the time. There's always a year where you're going to have one division leader that just happens to win a division with a nine and six record, you know, and you have one, you know, team in another division that is like, you know, has 11 wins, but they're out because that division leader bumped them out. It happens. But, you know, it the the league has been operating like this for a very long time. I don't think it's any reason to, you know, have a, a knee-jerk reaction to just a, a division that's just having a really bad year. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's it's just the way things are right now. Um, it's unfortunate that we are living in this, you know, in this realm <laughs> of losing records. <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, I think that this will in turn, like you said, I think it's just a one-off year. Um, so um, come next year, though, there better be some improvement with everybody healthy. Otherwise, this is going to be a continuous talk, just like it is with, like, the Eastern Conference. Um, and I can't, hate to keep bringing up the NBA, but just like with the Eastern Conference, like, it's at a point where people keep saying after these past couple of years, the Eastern Conference is weak. You know, they don't have as many teams that are strong like the Western Conference. But yet, as time goes, it'll continue to get to the point where the Eastern Conference becomes better. I think the same thing's going to be eventually with the NFC East. Ah, yes. And a nice segue into the NBA, since you brought that up. Um, we do know that um, um, in, uh, uh, free agency is going to start off in about a week or so, as well as the NBA draft starts off on the 18th. Um, so we definitely hear some rumors. Um, the yep. Suns are interested in the services of Chris Paul. Uh, Russell Westbrook has been, teams have been inquiring about it since um, he is not all that thrilled about the direction of, of uh, the Rockets at the moment. And I even heard some rumors that maybe even, um, maybe James Harden um, possibly, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Could make some moves, especially with Daryl Morey in Philly and his his affinity for James Harden. Um, so, your opinion? Do you think there's going to be any big time shakeups in this year's free agency? Pre, well, I think the free agency happens. Is it going to happen after or before the draft? Uh, free agency, I believe. And uh, I know it's. I think I believe it's on, free agency begins on the twenty eighth. So, that's so after I believe it's after the draft. Yeah. So, um, I will say this. Um, I would not be surprised if there's a couple of big names moves, but I don't think it's going to be like a, a whole bunch of names. Um, I can see Chris Paul definitely moving. Um, if they don't make a trade, I can see him moving through free agency. Um, uh, the rumors, yeah, yeah, because to be honest, Chris Paul, the, the Phoenix sounds very intriguing. Um, very intriguing, as a matter of fact. Um, that would definitely put them up there as a playoff, te- a playoff team. 
Um, and then there's others, of course, with um, rest, with Westbrook um, possibly wanting to leave Houston. Um, it's just a matter of time. And I'm not going to say it was because of James Harden or um, anything like that. They, they couldn't work out. I just think that as of right now, Russell Westbrook is looking to be that alpha dog somewhere. And this is what I said before about Russell Westbrook and James Harden. At this point, you have two people clashing um, where two people have to be the alpha dogs. And it's, it was just never that it was never going to work because eventually someone would have to give up that spot. I think Russ tried it out for a year, but at the end of the day, it's not him. Um, for him to be the person, to be that vocal leader, he needs to go someplace where he can run the show, but also gives him an opportunity just like he had in OKC. Unfortunately, there's not that many places that would take even his salary or would make trades to get to that point where he would be happy. Um, that would be very difficult. I'd be very curious to see if someone would actually make a trade for him where he would be happy. Um, I know I heard rumors about New York and the Clippers. Clippers is intriguing, but at this stage, I just don't see him doing that, especially depending on who they give up. Kawhi is still going to be that person. Um, the question is, will that ever fit between him and Kawhi, which I doubt very seriously. Um, New York... I mean, he will have the limelight, but he won't make the playoffs. So that is, it's going to be very difficult. That's how I see it. The free agency is very intriguing because you never know what moves are going to be made. But at the end of the day, I just don't see anything really happening unless there's some type of trade involved. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think the trade it- – I think a trade for Russell Westbrook to the Clippers would be a bad, would be a, I think a bad idea. I mean, you already had some Clippers fans, not all that thrilled about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you know, from what the rumblings we heard out of the bubble. So now you're going to throw somebody that's highly volatile, you know, into the mix, somebody going to go. And for me, the Clippers gave up way too much for Paul George, Um, basically mortgaged their damn future you know, draft picks, you got to see some return on your investments. And if you bring them in just to get, you know, because if you bring in Paul, I mean, Russell Westbrook, somebody got to go. I don't think Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Kawhi Leonard, I don't think that 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 mixes well. You know what the biggest issue is in regard to this is when teams are doing well with whatever that they had. And I, I'm going I'm to be honest, I'm going to put the Clippers, I'm going to put Brooklyn in the same realm. When they do well in the beginning stages, it attracts free agency, which is, it, it, which is my all count purposes, it should. Because as you can see yourself growing with that particular team and like, hey, if they're doing well with this amount of talent, imagine what they could do with a star player. That is true. The detriment to bring, having a star player on the team is because if they are not in – what's the word I'm looking for? If they don't have that chemistry with that team, regardless of the fact, the superstar will want to start bringing in their own people, which in terms, it delusions it, – it, 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 the teams that was once good 
once you start bringing in other players involved, it kind of messes up the, the chemistry, which in terms, it takes two steps backwards. And I'm saying this because both the Clippers and Brooklyn had to be careful. The, to be honest, the Clippers, now you saw what happened because you had a great team. Last say great team. You had a good team previous Kawhi, previous um, Paul George, where you had a couple of young, a young talent doing very well. And then you brought in Kawhi. Now, the problem with Kawhi was that he didn't want to be added into the mix with a certain with the current group of the Clippers. He wanted to bring in other people. And in terms of bringing in other people, we had to get rid of some of the best talent that they have to bring it in the stars that you want. And superstars have to be careful about that, with that because if the chemistry is not there, just because it's with them, the chemistry is there, doesn't mean that it's with the rest of the team. And if the chemistry is not there with the rest of the team, it's just not going to work. And that's in turn was the problem with the Clippers because now there was all this talk of behind the scenes about chemistry issues and not feeling Kawhi or Paul George. So and I say this as a warning to Brooklyn because when KD and Kyrie starts playing together, they need to have some type of chemistry with all the rest of the players. And, I, and I'm taking this because in seeing what Kyrie and KD has been doing during this offseason, I haven't really seen them include anybody else on the Brooklyn Nets team in regards to certain things. When Brooklyn was doing what they were doing, Everybody was one cohesive unit. Everybody was practicing together. Everybody was doing, you know, something where everybody was together. That's where there was a lot of fun, a lot of chemistry to be had there. When you bring in superstars, you got to be careful because once they bring in their own team, it's not the same team anymore. So For example, like with the Miami Heat, when LeBron came out there and it was LeBron, Dwayne, and Chris as the big three, but you never saw the rest of the team that was there. It was just those big three. Eventually, they had they lost that first um, playoff series. I mean, the first time they went to the championship, they lost that first finals, NBA finals, but they had to build that chemistry up. So I think that at the end of the day, Superstars need to be careful about that. Teams have to have the chemistry on point from start to finish in order to win. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so I got off will, topic with that. That's okay. <laughs> no, sorry, I got off say, topic with that. <laughs> no, but I agree. I think talent will, will, will only take you so far. Um, but chemistry, you know, when adversity hits, this is when chemistry, you know, sets in. Um, and you saw when adversity hits with the Clippers – you know, we saw what happened, you know, the pressure got on them and they, and, and they, and they dropped a three, one lead against, you know, you, you know, in the playoffs, um, the same thing could happen to the Nets. Nets were playing, in my opinion, great before they traded for, you know, brought in KD and Kyrie. They brought in Kyrie. They weren't playing as well. Kyrie goes out and now they're still in the bubble. They were actually playing really, really good. Um, a lot of players that wouldn't have gotten that much time got an opportunity to step up and shine. So now, 
you know, you're going to bring them back in the mix. How does that all work together? Talent would get them, you know, into the playoffs, I believe. Talent would get them um, past the first round, maybe the second round. What happens when adversity hits? What happens when things don't go so good? How is that going to roll out? And we saw what happened with the Clippers. You know, uh-huh. it was supposed to be the Western Conference Finals. But when adversity hit in that second round, we saw what happened. Um, so I think there's a, there's a warning signs to KD. There's warning signs to um, Steve Nash that you better get the chemistry, you know, good because the talent will get you probably to win the, your, your, you know, your division, will get you to the playoffs, might even get you number one seed maybe even get you into the Eastern Conference Finals. But when adversity hits, that's when the chemistry is going to come into play. So like you said, we'll see what happens. But if I'm going to loop back to um, um, loop back to Russell Westbrook and James Harden with the Rockets, mm-hmm. I think you try to do your best to keep them. You're going to have young, you know, John, you know, Silas there on his first year, give him something to work with. Um, however, if you're going to get rid of Russell Westbrook and not really bring anything back and go into full rebuild mode, if you're going to do it, go all the way through it and do it. Say you're in a rebuild mode, trade Russell Westbrook, trade Harden, and start afresh. Because you, because right now, all they're doing with Harden at this particular point is, is selling tickets. You're not competing for a championship. And at this point, We've seen enough from from Harden that he he ain't that dude to get you you know to get you to the finals. He had a shot a couple of years ago, and when you know the chips was on the line, you know he couldn't he he couldn't he couldn't deliver. Um, so in my opinion, you got rid of the coach, you got rid of the GM, start anew and rebuild because if you if you're going to keep them, which you should and get pieces around and that's going to complement them enough to get them over the hump. But if you're trading Russell Westbrook and I get anything back in return, then you better trade um, Harden and go into full rebuild mode. They don't want to say that, but in my opinion, if you don't keep both of them, then you start afresh and get rid of both of them. Yeah. No, I agree. To be honest, I kind of agree with you. I completely agree with you on that. Um, The question is, I'm very curious to see what value is there for us at this stage. That's where I'm very curious at. Because um, like you said, I'm, I'm very curious because no one's going to really take that contract. Like, I'm, I'm, let me refrain for that. There's going to be teams that's going to take the contract, but at what cost? Next. That's where <laughs> it should be. But at what cost? Like, are you willing to market, mortgage your whole future for that? Uh... I'm not saying that it can't be done because it can be done. And to be honest, with Chris Paul um, available now, you know, who's to say? Like, even though Phoenix is the quote-unquote front-runner, like, Chris can – they could probably find enough value in – New York may prefer Chris Paul over Russell Westbrook. He would be better for that young team to get them up and going, but the one that will probably sell out yeah, more tickets would be Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I agree with you on that. No, I, 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 I would pay money to come and see Russell Westbrook as a Nick. I'm not paying money to go see Chris Paul as a Nick. However, but, Chris Paul would be on, better. But, yeah. let, 
Yeah, that's what I have to say. I don't think Knicks fans care about the attraction as long as the Knicks are better than where they are. And I think that, to be honest, they would be better with Chris Paul than they would be with Russ. I, yeah, that I agree. Yeah. Team-wise, yes. Yeah. 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 I think that he, Chris already proved that point last season. Dragged the, dragged so, the thunder to, think, the, to the playoffs. <laughs> and given, um, given um, the Lakers, was it Lakers? Who did they play? Who did they play first round? Was it the Lakers? Now I ain't going to have me check. But no, they gave Lakers played uh, right. Portland Trailblazers. Oh, so it wasn't. So who did they play? It wasn't Denver. Was it the Clippers? No, it was the Rockets. Ah, uh, yes, yes, it was the Rockets. Yes, it was the Rockets. Gave them a run for the money. And I and thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna pull it up. off. <laughs> they should have won that. They they should have won that series. They really should have won that series. That's right. That's right. They really yeah. should have won that series. But I digress. I think that right now. I I get it. Russell Westbrook at right now, his contract is way too expensive right now for teams. And I don't think that they're going to willing, I don't think a lot of teams are going to willing to part a lot mortgage the future for that. Really Somebody don't. will. There's always takers. It just depends on what, you know, how do you make it work and what do you have to give to get? True. That is true. That is yeah. true. And it's not like people can make, teams can make multiple team trades. So, something. So I, yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah. And one final note, the NBA draft is going to be next week. Um, a new crop of um, college and, you know, one and done's are going to be NBA pros. But the question is, is anybody really checking for this draft? <laughs> I mean, to be perfectly honest, you had no one stands out because no one had opportunity to do that magical you know, March Madness run where you can go on a hot streak for a couple of games and become household named, you know, and then, you know, up your draft stock about a couple of paces. Um, this draft seems like a, I want to say like a, a non-who's who, but it's like maybe one or two names that you know, and then everything else is like, eh, there's LaMelo Ball because of his dad. Um, there's Wiseman because he's at Memphis, but he didn't even finish the season after the whole debacle with him and Penny Hardaway. Um, and Anthony Edwards, who I can, you know, which a lot of people are talking about, but I only saw one game of them. So, but outside of that, it's just like, so in your opinion, are you, does it, does this, this year draft interest you at all? And do you think it had a lot to do with the fact that COVID happened and we didn't get a March Madness ring, you didn't get an, an opportunity to really see these guys really, you know, in prime time? Um, no, this draft does not um, intrigue me at all. Um, and yes, it is because of the COVID-19 and the lack of March Madness um, at this stage, because it, the intriguing thing about the draft is that you, especially with March Madness, you see who exactly stocks go up or stocks go down. Um, and you factor in what it is that you think your team is going to select. Um, as of right now, it's just a who's who. Like people, is, you don't really get a sense of whose teams your team is going to select outside of maybe the first three or four um, teams in the draft. 
But outside of that, everybody is a who's who. Um, I don't have much information on any of of these people in the draft um, to get a, a sense of where team, what teams are you would think about drafting. So as of right now, um, outside of the NBA scouts, I just don't see a lot of people intrigued. And to be honest, I'm not even going to – for the, probably the first time in a long time, I'm not going to watch the beginning stages of the NFL – I mean, the NBA draft. Um, most likely I'm just going to figure out when my team comes up, and then I'm going to take a look, and then keep it moving at this stage. Um, it's not really anything that intrigues me at this step, at this step. No, and I think that's a consensus of a lot of people, even the NBA teams themselves, because, you know, everyone's predicting this this draft could be a very interesting draft because you don't know if teams are going to keep the um, – <laughs> or even going to keep their picks. It could be a lot of wheeling and dealing because there's really no True. consensus. Not like last year where, you know, Zion Williams was like that that dude and you knew like a couple of, you know, players after that from Duke and North Carolina and – and you know, um, you know, you know, you know, John Morant. You know, he had a, he had a really good, um, you know, run in the dance. But I'm with you too. It's like, you know, without March Madness and without you know really being able to see a lot of these guys on prime time, you're kind of not sure who it is. There's no players that really stand out to you. I mean, like I said, outside of Lamelo Ball because of his dad and his brother, you know, you know, I don't know. I'm still. They're saying he's really, really good. I'm not sure about that. I haven't seen him with my own two eyes. Um, the guy yeah, Wiseman, the center Wiseman from Memphis. I seen one game, and at that one game, I wasn't that impressed. But you know, I, I don't know. It's a lot of these people. I even seen Anthony Edwards in one game. I was slightly impressed, but I wanted to see more. I was looking forward to the, you know the March Madness. Or even the completion of the let me phrase that let's step back i was looking for really the um the um the conference tournaments leading up to the draft mm. but we got robbed of that i mean it stopped literally sure. about a week before the conference you know was going to tournament's going to finish and then right before march madness so it was like who <laughs> no nah, but i i i to be honest i'm gonna be honest with you I'm still, I'm still not puzzled. Yeah, I am. I'm still confused of how um, people got Lamarlo Ball scouted as number one in the draft. Like, I'm very confused about that. Um, for all account purposes, I thought that Anthony Edwards would be number one um, at this stage. But from what I'm hearing now, Lamarlo Ball is now number one and a consistent, which is Minnesota has the number one pick. So are you going to – how is that going to play with um, him and D'Angelo Russell? So, uh, like, I just don't understand how that is a factor. Um, I think that, to be honest, Minnesota should easily pick Anthony Edwards because um, it fills out their um, shooting guard spot. But I digress. Like you said, there's so much intrigue, so much um, mystery behind what teams is going to pick what. Um that's probably a little bit intriguing about it, but not enough for me to be like, I'm going to sit there and watch with pins and needles because I really didn't see any of these guys show and prove in the college level um, and especially March Madness. So once that kind of went away, it kind of went, the intrigue went away as far as the draft is concerned as well. 
Yeah, and I'm with you. I, I I probably won't watch it. I'll probably just check, you know, the you know the ESPN <laughs> update to see who got picked. Really, nobody that that's really, you know, I think I'd be more intrigued to see if teams keep their picks. I'm really intrigued about Golden State Warriors. I mean, I think they'll be willing to move that pick if they were to get the right offer. Um, but in my opinion, I think if they do stay pat, they'll probably pick pick Wiseman, um, which would be better for them. Um, how, how I think they probably would you have Clay and um, Steph coming back your window of winning with those guys is not as large as people might think I think you might got a window of the next three years maybe and I think they're probably looking for somebody that a veteran big that can come in and be able to you know immediately you know contribute now um, because you have the Lakers there now with, with LeBron. So, I mean, and Anthony Davis ain't going nowhere no time soon in spite of what people might think, you know, I think he'll be there for the long haul. So they have a little, they have a window and they'll probably take Wiseman, but I'm like, well, how much can he contribute in, in, in immediate impact? You know, will he be, will he be ready for the, you know, the grind of the full season and going to the playoffs because the Warriors, it's NBA finals or well, let me phrase that is Western conference finals or bust <laughs> for them. Um, so there's a lot of expectations there. I think they're in a sweet spot. They can keep it. They can keep it or they can trade it. But outside of that, right. I don't know. I think, I think this year you might see a, a lot of trades <laughs> going on. I, I completely agree with you. I would never. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, it's just so many unknowns at this stage. Um, and if your scouting gets it wrong, that's, you know, you know, so it's going to be some trades because there's going to be some intrigue there on a lot of players, but if it gets picked or if that player gets taken away, I could see some trades being made there. To be honest, I could see some, tra- some trades being made during the, in, in, during the draft, which might include some of the free agents or some of the, the current roster. So um, I could see a lot of willing and dealing, like you said. Yeah, and uh, since free agency happens after the fact, I think a lot of what happens on on draft night, whether it be people stay pat or think if there's a lot of trades on draft night, I think you probably see a lot of a lot of activity come free agency. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, folks, um, it is about that time. Um, we're up on it. It's ten oh eight. So, uh, want to thank everybody for listening, subscribing. Um, so, Al, as always, let them know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. And you can find me on Snapchat, Twitter, and the gram, J.E. Ross, the number seven. Um, before we go, a special shout out to our man, Ace. Um, right now, he's a little bit under the weather due to um, due to COVID. But trust me, he'll, you know, he's doing well. And gives everybody his regards. Um, he'll be back on his feet before you know it and back up on the podcast. So we wish him... Uh, a speedy and quick recovery and um, hopefully you know he'll be back you know 100% after all this is done but this is a uh, as we always say wear your masks you know when, you know stay socially distant in situations where you cannot keep your mask on and just try to do the best that you can to keep you and your loved ones safe during this time and as always love peace and soul Let's have a good one.